It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Smart Money Questions is the name of the podcast, and boy, speaking of smart, maybe we should change it for this next podcast, Matt, for the series we're about to embark on to Savvy Money Questions, because we're talking about Savvy Financial Grandparenting on today's podcast. We're actually going to probably get a couple of podcasts out of this topic. It's going to be a, a nice little series, I think, because a common question we often get is that, you know, not it's not even really related to investing, which is kind of funny when people come in and have a conversation with, with you, Matt. It's retirees or maybe even folks approaching retirement wanting to know, how can I pass my financial wisdom on to the next generation. So we've got seven tips in total that grandparents can consider to help grow financially savvy grandchildren into financially savvy adults later in life. And I guess, Matt, some of this advice will translate to children directly as well. It's not all grandparent to grandchild, but it could apply to children too. Absolutely. And just to let everyone know too, interestingly enough, Walter, you and I were talking earlier that uh, we're going to have a follow-up article through Kiplinger on this exact subject. So it's really important as we go through this for you to recognize and really share this information with your kids and grandkids because it's so important. I can't tell you how many times, especially after people have gone through our planning process, that they say, man, I want my kids to know this because, man, if I'd have known this 25, 30 years ago, things Mm -hmm. would look much different. And that's what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to create that environment where you can just forward that email on or you can direct them to our webpage where they can capture that information that's so important because as many times I hear, you know, they're not learning this in high school, they're not learning it in college, the things they really need to know and be forward thinking to be successful when as someone that was in my office today said, you know, Matt, you know, we've been with you for quite a while and we just, you forget about how fast those birthdays go by. Mm. (laughs) They just end up here. And so if you can recognize things early and help your kids recognize that early, and we know they're all kids. I mean, I got kids, I got three under the age of 19. So that's probably why I don't have much hair much left, but um, (laughs) you kind of, you know, they're still going to be kids, but as long as we can keep reinforcing and create that foundation, I think in the long run, they will always end up coming back and recognizing that wisdom. Well, you're going to get to hear some of the stories that Matt has here, some of the advice that he's given to clients over the year, and it might apply to you as well. You're also going to hear about my Noni in this podcast as well. So let me introduce you to her. That is my grandmother. Noni is Italian for, I think it's actually the long version of Noni. It gets shortened to Noni. The long version is little little grandmother is what it means. And then it gets shortened to Noni. But anyway, I've always called her Noni ever since I was little. You know, everybody calls their grandparents something different. She wanted to be Noni, so that's what she is. Noni has always uh, it was an amazing person and still is an amazing person. She uh, just a little background on her mat for context here. You know, raised her kids. It wasn't until she was in her fifties went back to college at Rutgers and ended up being first in her class when she ended up graduating in her fifties. Just you know, got complete hundreds and A's on every single thing she did, and became wow. a vice president of a bank 
you know, for the last couple of years of her working life and, you know, now in retirement has enjoyed traveling the world and, and she's just been a really cool grandmother my whole life. But she's done some really cool financially savvy grandparenting things that we'll illustrate during some of our points here on the podcast today that I look forward to sharing with you. But her whole idea, her whole purpose behind these things resonating with what you just talked about was gosh, if I had been thinking about my retirement years and been thinking about my financial life more seriously when I was in my 20s, what a difference that would have made. And so she, from when we were born, when her grandkids were born, has been instilling financial, you know, savvy financial practices in us since the very beginning. And and they work. You know, I think we're, we're all better off not only for, you know, the gifts that she's made, you know, monetarily, but just the wisdom and the emphasis that she has placed on it and the stories that she's shared. It's made a huge impact on me and I know, you know, the fellow grandkids as well. So we'll go over a couple of those examples as we go through these points. But let's get to the tips Tip number one, Matt, don't underestimate the power of the Roth IRA. And you might say, whoa, 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 Roth IRAs are usually something we talk about at retirement. Why would we be talking about that for financially savvy grandkids you know, who might, who might be children? Where does a Roth IRA enter the equation? It should be top on the list, the Roth IRA. And you're right, most of the time now when I'm speaking to people and they're pre-retirees is they're they're finally recognizing, oh, the Roth, and they they understand the benefits. And what I tell them is, man, let your kids know they should be contributing to a Roth up to the max if they qualify. In other words, their income isn't too high. If they have a Roth 401k, I have one client and their daughter is a client of ours. And we went through her existing 401k and she's getting a very healthy match. Last year, the company offered a 401k Roth And I said, do yourself a favor. Why don't you call HR, find out if you contribute your money to the Roth, but they'll put their match in the 401k. Sure enough, that's what happened. Cool. So all of her money is going into the Roth and the free money is going into the IRA. Well, that's all gravy, right? Because we know that when that money comes out, it's tax-free. And I would say if you're wanting to do gifting for your kids and your grandkids is put money in a Roth. When your grandkids, as soon as they have earnings – Because remember, contributing to a Roth, we need to have earnings. So as soon as they have earnings, you know, I don't care if they're working down at the ice cream stand and they're only going to make $1,500 in the year. That means they can put $1,500 into a Roth. Then you need to do that. One of the things that we do is we have our kids on on payroll. Why? By the way, they don't see the money. (laughs) (laughs) We have them on payroll so the money can go into a Roth, into their Mm -hmm. Roth, because they need to have those earnings. And, And so we're putting money into that because we've all heard it, but until you really see it and you can recognize it. So just like what your, uh, what was her name? Noni. Noni. What Noni is trying to explain to you is that if she would have known these things 15, 20, 30, 35 years ago it would have made such a difference is understanding that growth opportunity, especially within the Roth, $5,000 a year, let's say, and then the growth opportunity that happens tax-free. But most importantly, the money comes out tax-free. And currently, we all can kind of estimate where taxes are going, and I don't care what the tax plan is going to be proposed. One way or another, they're coming to get that money that's in the IRA. And if you have something that currently they can't touch, meaning there's no taxation when you take that money, it's such a benefit. The other thing is, I'll let you know with the Roth, most people, they associate the Roth IRA with an IRA and the 59 and a half rule. And what that means is in an IRA or 401k, if I take money out prior to my age of 59 and a half, 
I've got a 10% tax penalty in addition to whatever the ordinary taxation on that money would be. In a Roth, we have the same thing. But the only thing that's subject to the 59 and a half rule is the gain. So I have access to all of my basis or the monies that I've put in first as a withdrawal with no tax penalty. I actually met a couple that their uncle had told them about this 20 years ago, and they're a couple years younger than me. They'd been putting money in. They pulled $60,000 out of their Roth at no cost to go buy their dream beach home Mm. or shore home, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, and all of the gain is still there because the principle is first in, first out. So that means the first money I put in is the first money that comes out, which means that's my basis, which means no taxation. So the Roth IRA, preach it, preach it, preach it. They need to be putting money into it. And I don't care if it's 50 bucks a month. I had one client, one of their children, just start a Roth just because he knows he needs to do it and it's 50 bucks a month. And he was like, well, is that enough? And I'm like, dude, whatever you can put in because you'll see the benefit of it. And even the non-financial part of this is just the fact that it's it's on your mind. It's cognizant. It's developing good habits. There's a lot of that, I think, in our tips that we're going to be giving you is just the mentality behind these things is what you're really trying to impart in addition to the financial reasons for it as well. So, yeah, don't underestimate the power of the Roth IRA. One more note on Noni, at least for the moment. My graduation gift from high school was she opened a Roth IRA in my name, and I started contributing it to it while I went through college um, and working part-time jobs and that kind of thing. Still contributed to it to this day, and uh, extremely powerful gift to do something like that. So not only teaching the principles, but instead of you know maybe a frivolous high school graduation gift, it was something I'm still using and will use for another 50 years as I get to retirement in the future. So pretty cool. Tip number two. Here, Matt, understand how to help, speaking of college, with college savings. And I guess the idea here is that you hear college savings and kind of all you think of are 529 plans, but there's a whole other world of you know college savings options out there, I understand. Absolutely. And I always tell clients, I'm not a big fan of 529 plans because of the restrictions that are placed around them. In addition to that, please understand that wherever your uh, child or grandchild decides to go to school, the first place that school is going to look at for financial responsibility and paying the tuition is if they have a 529. Mm. And so if they're eligible for scholarships or grants, they're going to have to spend that 529 money before they get the scholarship or the grant. So I always advise our clients that are wanting to set aside funds for their grandkids in college, it's better for you to keep that money in your own name and to put it into a 529 plan for the grandkids. First of all, not only are there restrictions on what happens if the the child doesn't go to college, you know, what happens to the money, who can I transfer it to? The investment options can be very limited depending on the state on where the 529 plan is done. So there's many other different ways that you can put money aside for college education for the grandkids just besides putting money into a 529 plan. Interesting to see there's other flexibility that exists there. So uh, yeah, understand that there's other ways you can help with college savings other than just you know kind of the face value of what's presented to you. And that's certainly good to know. Tip number three when it comes to financially savvy grandparenting, find creative ways to help kids have an appreciation for saving and investing. This is that sort of mentality one we were talking about. And it's exactly what you were talking about with her opening up that Roth for you and then you having it in the frontal lobe and investing in it 
over the course of time through college. I've got one client I was talking to, I guess, probably about two or three months ago. And I've I've just always been so impressed, not only with him and his wife, but but his kids. And he was I was like, can you let me know what it was that you have done to make them? I mean, all of them. There's not a black sheep in this group. Right. I mean, everyone is just white coated and very attuned to what they want and the investing and savings. And he told me at a very young age, they had to have a job, even if they were in sports. You know, I remember my parents told me that I had to pay for the gas in the car and the insurance. Well, I played sports all year round. And so the only time that I could actually work was on a Saturday cleaning condos out on one of the keys. And he was describing the exact same thing. And then he would always do this. I thought this was interesting. Whatever they were earning, a portion of it had to be in savings, and savings was different than investing, and then they could go spend the rest of it. So it's real important for them to understand we live in such an uh, immediate gratification society, especially with millennials nowadays. And this is a way that we have to let them understand the appreciation of what's there. And it's hard for them sometimes to see two, three, five years out. But when they finally get to that point, even if it was a small amount, I don't care if it's $10 that they're putting away and they see what that's grown to, then they can start to really appreciate it moving forward into their you know, mid to late 20s and then on through in life. Yeah. The creativity is where uh, Noni was really good. And she started from when we were very, very young. She never once uh, gifted just, you know, here's just a, a toy. She never once gave a toy. The coolest thing she did was myself and, and two other of her grandchildren were all very close in age. And so she made it a tradition where every year for Christmas, instead of, you know, a, a gift or a toy or anything like that, we got stock. That's pretty cool nowadays. A piece of paper back then didn't seem as exciting, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But she found a very creative way to gift it. So what we would do is it was tradition at her house at Christmas time. we would do a scavenger hunt. And so we'd go all throughout the house finding the different clues and working as a team to go all around the house finding the different nuggets and little clues. And then finally we'd find the final hiding place of, of that year's you know stock gift. And we'd pull it out and open it up. And she would always find a really creative way to present it. And the stocks were always in companies that were you know unique to intriguing children, I guess. So Hershey. You so know. Disney. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Disney. Absolutely. We got Disney, Hershey, Harley Davidson. You know, they were always like cool little oh. stocks that we got. And by the time we all graduated, uh, you know, high school, that was the end of the stock giving was high school. That's when the IRA was opened as sort of the final, you know, the final financial gift. And then she was kind of like, all right, you're old enough. Now you can go make your own decisions and, you know, buy your own stuff at this point. But, you know, it'd be a couple of stocks of, of this, a couple of stocks of that. But then it was really cool. Every time you're then at the grocery store and you're buying a, a Hershey bar, you'd be like, I have stock in this company. How cool is that? Every time you'd watch a Disney movie, we would be ta- we would talk about my parents and I. She didn't even have to be there, and we'd be talking about, "Hey, you own you know a piece of this company by having some of this stock on hand." Again, just develops that mindset, and she made it fun and still interesting and 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 really cool. And you know, to this day, that's just been you know, it's just been really neat to have that kind of mentality to be thinking about the importance of of saving and finances and money and that kind of thing. Letting it be on what, what did you say the frontal lobe? You know, have it Correct. have it yep. be on top of mind. So. That's pretty cool. Neat, creative ways that sometimes people find to help the next generation learn about saving and investing. There's a couple of good examples for you. We have more tips that we're going to get to on the next 
Smart Money Questions podcast. So we kind of gave you the first three. Don't underestimate the power of the Roth IRA. Understand how to help with college savings and find creative ways to help kids have an appreciation for saving and investing. But we have more tips on the way, and we'll get to those on the next edition of the Smart Money Questions podcast. In the meantime, if you have questions for Matt Hausman, maybe want to share your stories about financially savvy grandparenting, we'd love to hear about it. Give Matt a call at 610-719-3003. That's 610-719-3003. You can also find Matt online at smartmoneyquestions.com. That's smartmoneyquestions.com. And you can get in touch with us through that website as well. Lots of ways to plug in. And uh, we'll look forward to the next podcast where we dive into some more of these tips for financially savvy grandparenting. That's next time on Smart Money Questions. Smart Money Questions.